Hey guys, what's up? Kurt here with another episode of Audio Stew. This episode is pretty long, so I'm going to keep this introduction as brief as possible. In today's episode, you'll hear a conversation I had with my older brother, Josh. Um, he has been pursuing different forms of filmmaking for several years. Um, but yeah, I brought him on just to talk about his personal experiences with filmmaking and the filmmaking industry and uh, just filmmaking as an art form and, and just all the different aspects that go into filmmaking. We do go off on a, a few tangents in this episode. I I left pretty much the conversation um, as is. I, I did edit a couple of parts just so it's a little bit easier to listen to, but I found pretty much the whole thing to be enjoyable and educational so i i tried to leave as much as possible even though it is long i i really didn't want to split it into two episodes just because i like how the conversation flows and in, in just one episode but yeah obviously it is long so you know take a break or do whatever you got to do let's just get into it hey everybody uh welcome to Another episode of Audio Stew. Uh, today we have a another special guest. It is my older brother Josh. Say hi, Josh. Hello. Um, and we're gonna be talking about the art of cinematography. So basically, like the whole process of filmmaking and um, what makes it unique and special and what are some of our personal favorite aspects of doing that? Um, so yeah, that's kind of the gist of what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, uh, Josh, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself? Kind of give us you know some some background on who you are and what you were, what you're doing these days and things like that. Sure. So um, I grew up. In Nebraska with Kurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I lived there till I was uh, 17 or 18. Then we moved to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college in Arkansas at John Brown University. And then after I graduated, I, um, I had been talking to a girl a lot my senior year. Um, and basically i decided why am i here i want to be with this girl (laughs) so her family was very very nice and gracious and let me live with them and i moved to oregon uh in 2011 and i've been here since then and uh, i do video work that's my uh full-time job now finally (laughs) awesome (laughs) so you're you're married you're in oregon um why why are you here today i mean like what obviously you already said you you've been working on (laughs) video stuff today but like what what makes what makes you qualified to be here um i'm not sure but i (laughs) i have been making videos uh for a long time um i i would say i more seriously started making videos in high school college Mm -hmm. um and it's just something i've like been interested in for a really long time i um 
studied cinema in college. That's uh, what I got my degree in. And then after that, I was looking for jobs for a long time, doing lots of like little freelance things and uh, made a few films. And then eventually um, I got hired at a, a digital marketing company and I'm videographer is like my official job title right now. Although it's actually should probably be something different. <laughs> We've talked about changing it many times because a videographer is someone who just kind of shows up to an event and captures it and then mm-hmm. maybe edits it. But I, I do a lot more than that as far as writing, uh, you know, like more of the concept behind it, I guess. Okay, so you you have a more active role beyond just filming or whatever. You, yeah, you actually could be part of the like creative process. I I do more than walk around the office all day with the camera. It, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not like I'm making a real life the office. Of yeah, yeah, our company yeah. or something. Although that would be pretty great. That would be funny. You guys should do yeah. that sometime. Or at least make like a spoof or something. Yeah. Um, actually, why don't we? Why don't we back it up a little bit to what you started earlier? So you have been interested in videos, like video making your whole life. Let's yeah. Let's let's go back to the beginning. Okay. So sure. I I remember seeing the the home videos of of Batman um and you know Ice Woman or whatever like Aunt Amy did and something like that. Mm-hmm. Poison Ivy maybe um yep she made an appearance there we go uh was that something that like you wanted to do a lot when you're younger or is that more like something mom was like hey guys let's let's do this or what was that kind of like when you were younger that's a good question like i know i would definitely wanted to make little videos and little movies when Mm -hmm. i was younger i remember like i think i broke (laughs) the the vcr or vhs camera we had Um, oh really i i don't know i remember one time i was making a video with Kristen and john and then like it wasn't working after that um but yeah as far as the batman videos i don't know if that started off as like a mom thing or if that was my idea um when it when we first started off she i mean she definitely wasn't twisting my arm or anything yeah like i mean i loved batman and like the idea of being i was a little too into it i think Um, (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember i feel like i I, there was some video where i feel like i i don't know if i hurt janelle but i remember i like oh no no no, it was aunt amy like (laughs) you threw a battering and then yeah yeah. (laughs) got into it yeah that was funny Um, there's a lot of good ones yeah and then i remember making some like random like new segment videos um with janelle and shanna as well yeah was there uh... (laughs) remember that (laughs) wait wait which one was that one uh there i just remember there was a scene about that janelle was driving the car yep yeah and and then a cat like decides to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We kept the scene that was supposed to be outside the car and it was just like a little toy car. And, but I kept saying several hours later, like the car had been crashed for hours. I remember this now. Some really good transitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you did like a, 
like what like a little news bit or something like that yeah um yeah i don't remember I mean, if it was there was like easter egg hunt was what it was i think oh yeah there was a also i don't remember if it was me or christina but it was like something about a baby terrorizing the the city or something like that i don't and it <laughs> i don't remember exactly there is yeah. did you do something with with kermit once and like wahoo yeah. Yeah, that I think that was part of the same thing somehow. Something with like, there was a lizard, lizard man, and then yeah, Kermit. Yeah, they got wow, this, is all, this is all rushing back to me. <laughs> <laughs> we watch we watch those things every now and then around here. So yeah, so <laughs> it it especially Christina, she likes to pull them out. So they just you know, all like okay, I guess we're watching this one again. Um. So even early on, you had a strong, at least, you know, somewhat of a desire to be more creative. How did that transition then into like high school and college and sort of the whole, like the rise of YouTube and things like that? Yeah, we, I, I feel like I started getting interested in making videos like right when YouTube was a thing. I think it actually might've started. I don't know if, so me and my friends had a website. Mm-hmm. called wow for now <laughs> in high school which just stood for without women for now because we were all single <laughs> um doesn't really actually make sense because without is like one word not two words but whatever <laughs> um yeah, yeah and i think we might have had a camera that could do a little bit of video like it might have been like a little canon point and shoot and mm-hmm. it might have been able to do a little video i remember like making a video at the park um and it was just like a really dumb kind of slapsticky sketch comedy stuff Hmm. and then i remember at some point i think it was my sophomore year drew hanky actually had his own camera um it was like a little mini dv camera like the little mini dv tapes and um basically after that like then we like we're really starting to make videos and i think we were kind of all interested Mm -hmm. in it so it was like a group thing but i think i was kind of like maybe the person who was like most interested in it like i was always the person who edited it like the little videos and stuff yeah to do all Uh, the all the brunt work on things like yeah yeah and i was excited (laughs) to do it windows movie maker um and oh yeah like it was it's kind of crazy to think back to that actually because it wasn't like it was still the same process in college as well with mini dv tapes of like that you had to have an actual physical tape and Mm -hmm. then to actually like capture the video you had to like play it back on your computer and the computer would like record it so you had to like sit there and watch the whole thing play back yeah Huh. And so sometimes you couldn't even like some of them, the cameras were smart enough to split the clips into individual clips, but some of them weren't. So you would just end up with like a long thing, like a long piece of footage. That would be the whole tape. <laughs> gotcha. Do you, this is totally random. Uh, do you remember that game on uh, the PC or whatever? The, the, Oh, the, the movie 3D maker? movie maker. <laughs> yeah, 3D movie maker. 
Yeah. Did you, I, did you do that a lot? I don't even Yes, know. I made a lot of movies on that. Pretty much like there was, so 3D Movie Maker was basically a game where you could, there was like 40 preset like characters and you could mm-hmm. like dress them in different ways and they could do like special little actions like jumping or like they could do a karate chop and I definitely used that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And then you could put them in little locations and then basically you would like make them do things and then you would record a scene out of it and you could put voiceover over it. So you're basically kind of making like a video game-ish cartoon thing. Um, You could do voiceover too? I didn't... Yeah, we had that. a little microphone that you could record voiceover. So I definitely made a, a lot of like little videos of that. I remember the only thing I can specifically remember making was like a video for dad for like Father's Day or for his birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Some like action movie thing where he had a like program. I kind of wish I could see these now. I don't I, have. Oh, man. I don't have the like the specific memory of that, but like just the super, super vague memory yeah. of maybe seeing that at some point in time. And I feel um, like I made like a million like karate kid <laughs> movies, like with bunches of sequels and all it was was like the character doing the karate chop action. <laughs> that was like the only fighting action you could make them do. Yeah, it was like super simple, like animations for these like, yeah. falling on type yeah. characters. Like, it was pretty fun though. I, I I don't know if I ever messed around with it that much. I think I did a little bit, but no. Yeah, I mean, by the time you would have been old enough to use it, it would have looked so bad. Yeah, it it was a little bit outdated. Graphics had come a, a long ways by that. Yeah. Point. Um. Anyway, so that you know, sidebar aside. Um. Yeah. So going back to your your kind of high school ish era with videos, how many how many guys were we're in that group that you did videos with, you know? Uh, I mean, it, it kind of ranged like the official group was like, uh, I have to count. Matt, Jermaine, Bryce, Luke. I think it was six of us, six or seven of us. Okay. Uh, but like, I would also do some stuff with Bill Grippenstraw too. Um, yeah. Like we did like some almost like crossover type videos because Bill had a a really successful YouTube channel as well. Like his actually, he he had a couple of videos that got like lots of views. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He had this one video lag in real life um, is basically just all about video game lag. Yeah. uh, And kind of like, what would that be like in real life? And it was like, <laughs> I think it got like over like a million views or something. Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa, um, that's cool. Yeah. Our biggest video was um, It's a Hardcore Life, which. Oh, yeah. Very- I, I, I was going to ask you about that. Because yeah. I, that I, I haven't looked at it in forever. I haven't either. I think it was like um, 150,000 is what I want to say. That's right. Um, let's see. I'll look right now. <laughs> yeah, 150,000 on the dot. Oh, okay. So uh, gotcha. Yep. Not on the dot, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not quite that psychic. Um So yeah, sorry I interrupted you, but like what that was kind of your only major like semi-viral. Yeah. Video. What was kind of the whole deal surrounding that? 
Um, I think it was just super relevant because sort of this like hard, it was basically about hardcore music and like we put all these kind of like more popular hardcore bands in it. it it's kind of weird to look at it now because it's just like not popular at all anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this is a, this was a strange phenomenon of the mid 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like lots of basically we like kind of did these screamo voices the whole video and like did everything in sort of these hardcore movement ways of like the way yeah. we threw our bodies around and stuff. i remember is it truman who would always do like the backflip or yeah or truman could do a backflip so he like did that in one of the scenes my, my favorite part of that video is he does a backflip and then you just like reverse the whole it yeah. again <laughs> and it just goes back and then Uh, there's the best the other one of the highlights is going through the wendy's drive oh yes um and i i'm driving and i ask everybody what they want and then i um i order the the order in a screamo voice and then i drive off this is like i would like a salad yeah something like yeah i ask everybody for their orders and then i just order like one person's order my favorite part of that too is like the dude on the other end he's like super chill about he's like yeah "Uh, all right what would you like to drink yeah yeah something like that (laughs) that was a lot of fun so did you that was mostly high school right how did that transition to college did you keep doing youtube stuff um yes so that was like my senior year of high school and like after i graduated i think and i know we did a couple more videos like at camp but we definitely never did it like as consistently after that i guess on that channel specifically we did one more big thing which was that choose your own adventure Mm, um, series and we did that my senior year of um college actually when i was like there during the summer and i like spent the first semester putting it all together oh okay, um, gotcha. yeah but basically so yeah transitioning into college i was like we moved to arkansas my senior year of high school um and I, so i was still interested in video stuff at that time and i don't remember i know i was making l- some little things my senior year of high school i made that finel uh no jerick and josh show Oh yeah, uh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was like my first time experimenting with green screen and stuff. Um, it was basically like a children's show with like two incompetent hosts <laughs> <laughs> um, that we filmed completely like on a tiny, tiny segment of my bedroom wall was, that I had covered in green screen. Like uh, it wasn't a proper green screen; it was just poster board. Did I'm trying to remember? So I. Uh, Quite frankly, I've watched so many of these things over the years and stuff. So a lot of it's ingrained in my head. But like, yeah. is didn't like one of you, was it you? You like punched the wall and then like, I don't remember if, no, um, you didn't like put a hole in the wall or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm oh, that might have happened. Yeah, I think it that did happen. I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> it was like kind of minor. But, okay. Yeah. I just remember like you actually punched it. So like, yeah. Uh, Jarek was laughing at you or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. 
yeah. a lot of, a lot of funny things from there yeah lots of dumb little videos <laughs> <laughs> well okay actually i'm a little curious do you all that stuff you did in in high school and college like do you still look back on that and like that was that was cool or whatever or is, or is it now kind of like yeah that was kind of stupid or i mean it's both it, it's like it was fun i mean that was like that's where i was in life at the time and i like that kind of stuff was what we found funny like a lot i mean a lot of the humor i feel like was just like repeating movies and like, <laughs> you know like taking things from other things that we thought were like funny some of it was like original but most of it is kind of just like whatever but mm-hmm. you know i think the important thing is just that i was making stuff okay. uh, yeah and i mean i that's a thing i would get into later maybe if if i would give advice to people is just to to make stuff and that that's like you can't learn anything unless you actually make mistakes and make stuff first. <laughs> yeah, I got you. We'll, we will gotta make a lot of gotta make a lot of bad stuff before you can make good stuff. <laughs> we'll we'll for sure we'll talk about that probably at the end. I think. Yeah. Um. So what about uh, like post college and stuff? Because you like was it senior project you had for college? You had to make like some kind of some kind of film and then yeah. moving forward um, from there. Yeah. So college, like college itself, um, you know, you get lots of like kind of little assignments that sometimes you do just by yourself. Sometimes you do with a, a team, but for your senior project, you have to do like a thesis film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like wanted to be really ambitious and <laughs> I had like written this, script that was like 60 some pages 50 to 60 pages um and so i wanted to do that for my senior film and i was really lucky um because uh my senior year i lived with the house of guys and two of the guys i lived with like also were in the program and i was friends with them Mm -hmm. and they were like on board for doing this project with me as their senior project as well so oh okay so my uh friend frank was the cinematographer and matt was like the assistant director and did some um help with the editing as well okay so you didn't have to tackle that project all on your own yeah yeah it definitely wouldn't have been possible if it was just me completely by myself Mm -hmm. so that was you said as a a thesis film or whatever was that so basically it's just like a movie with a point kind of is that um yeah i mean i guess it's like the thesis part of it isn't like anything really. <laughs> it's just like you have to do a a, a more substantial project for oh okay project. yeah it's not like a thesis paper in the sense of like oh okay so now like my, my three main points are research. yeah no no <laughs> okay i see what you mean um so then moving forward from that what did you do because that was like your last big project that was like required for for school or whatever so what would you do after that 
Yeah, so after that was definitely a transition period in my life. Like I said, I uh, moved back home for a little bit after graduating. Then I moved out to Oregon. Um, I made some friends out there. I actually did make one, started to make one video with a friend um, when I was living in Sandy, Oregon. And we actually filmed some of it, but then it just kind of like, I don't know what happened. The rest of it kind of fell apart. Like mm, okay. it was just kind of a rant. It wasn't really like a film film. It was more just kind of like a funny video thing. I don't know. It was, it was one of those things that's in, in between. You might've been able to call it a film. I don't know, <laughs> but um, that kind of died. And then after we got married, we um, moved to this, so basically we took this self storage job where we were the managers of a self storage facility and we lived on site there. Um, and it was kind of a really flexible job where like not much was happening in the office. Like you had to be in the office all day, but not like, you know, some days you would only have a couple people who mm -hmm. came into the office, like, all day so there was like a lot of downtime and so i kind of i took advantage of that and like started um writing a short film um and i spent i don't know how long doing that like a couple months doing that um and then i decided all right i'm gonna make this and then so i uh assembled some people for that i met some friends on um craigslist like i put a call <laughs> out for a, a cinematographer basically huh. and i met up with a couple people um the first guy i met up with he was very like talented um and i had like a good conversation with him but he also just like kind of seemed like he wasn't super into it hmm. like in the like this is kind of a the hard thing when you're making movies without any budget is the whole aspect of like no payment for people yeah <laughs> and like so if you have somebody who's you know more on that professional level it's like it i mean totally makes sense from their perspective of like yeah i'm not unless i'm super into it i'm not gonna like yeah <laughs> basically you, you're you're mostly getting people who are in it for just the sake of making it kind of or yeah. like get their name out there or things like that yeah to get some experience and stuff um so i didn't end up going with that guy and i met up with another guy i met on craigslist um tj and he was like really into it and wanted to to do it and so um he was my cinematographer and he's become one of my buddies um and his wife was also really into film and now she's like at that time she was like pursuing acting but now she's become like a really good director um hmm. really good writer too so yeah so so what wound up happening with that project then yeah. i mean you met some people and then yeah um so i met those two were like the big people in the beginning to to help me push it forward and so we decided that I mean, I did make some, I need needed some money to make it because it was, it was like a 30 minute film. 
is what mm-hmm. it was going to end up being. And that's a, a fair amount. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of shooting there. And it was kind of a sci-fi film. So there was going to be some, some stuff we were going to need and we were going to shoot like on the Oregon coast for a good portion of it. So we were going to need to like book a location to have all the cast and the crew stay at. Um, we needed to rent equipment cause we didn't really own that good of equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put together a crowdfunding campaign on um, seed and spark, which is, you know, it's kind of like a Kickstarter except it's specifically for film. Okay. Um, and I think the budget was like somewhere around $3,000 and we ended up raising that money. And so then we went and made it and the rest of the crew, I want to say wasn't that big. We had maybe there's somebody who was running sound. Oh, there was like one person running sound and then one person who was kind of assisting TJ with the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a really small crew. And then we had basically three actors, three main actors in the film. So, um, yeah, we put that together. It, it took a little while cause there was a lot of visual effects shots and I edited the film and did all the visual effects myself um mm-hmm. so i want to say somewhere between six to nine months to edit it uh and then we had like a premiere party and then we uh i submitted it to a couple of festivals like not too many because film festivals are expensive <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> you have to pay submission fees for most of them um but we did get into like two or three i think and uh one of them was like in england oh yeah and actually my um actor taylor she got uh like some kind of nomination for that like a best supporting Mm -hmm. actress or something so that was cool so overall the project you know took a long time had a lot of hard work put into it i mean doing all the vfx stuff by yourself like that that sounds like kind of a nightmare that sounds like it'd take forever Um, yeah that that was a fair amount of work (laughs) but in then in the end you know you had a what would what would you describe it as like a a a successful project and then like uh, you know a moderate amount of exposure with it just fairly small but yeah it was a pretty small project and it's interesting because it's actually kind of got more exposure over the last couple of years um, oh okay yeah on youtube it's like kind of just slowly been getting views it's close to a hundred thousand now oh uh, wow i didn't know that yeah um well it's it's funny because i do think part of it is because so the film is called Arcadia Bay. It's set on the Oregon coast. Mm-hmm. And there's this um, game that came out called Life is Strange. Oh, uh, and, yeah, no, for sure. I know what you're talking yeah. about. And that game is set in a town called Arcadia Bay. Oh, and no coast, way. And they definitely used the Oregon coast as 
scenery like as like the uh-huh. setting like it's very Oregon coast inspired like and very very similar to a lot of the areas we shot in uh, huh. so I have definitely like I've definitely got like a lot of comments on the YouTube <laughs> video I'm like is is this inspired by life and life is strange um so I definitely got like a little bit of a strange bump from that and it was yeah and it was just like we both it was made like before the game was released there's mm-hmm. like no you know influence on each other at all but it was that that is so weird because yeah. i so i played through that game um with two of my college buddies oh um, really just last fall um okay. And so, yeah, no, it was weird because I I would see these things for Arcadia Bay within the game. And I'd be like, oh, wait a second. This, this is the thing that Josh did. And so I didn't even make that correlation, though, that that might give you more exposure, incidentally. So, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, most of it hasn't been like negative of like, what? This isn't this, <laughs> you know? But... Well, yeah, I mean, mo- I think most people recognize yeah. that they're two like totally different yeah. game but most, i mean most of the time i wouldn't recommend that because most of the time you're not going to make people happy by confusing them mm-hmm. of like i'm going to name my thing a similar thing to this so that they'll think it's well and <laughs> that, that was com- that was completely yeah. incident yeah. like that wasn't yeah. planned or anything but. but it's actually slightly worked for this i think but mm-hmm. I, I i don't think that's where the majority of the views are coming from i think it's just looking at like the YouTube analytics from what I can see, it seems like it's just that it gets recommended because you like some other sort of sci-fi ish film on YouTube. Hmm. I think that's where most of the views are coming from. Okay. So that that's, that's cool. I didn't know that I knew it was yeah. last. I remember seeing it because I, I do remember you put it on YouTube, but that was a quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know when it happened, but I just remember like somewhere around two years ago, I looked at it and it had like 50,000 and it was like getting, yeah, it just, it gets about a hundred so views a day. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So what, I mean, I was going to mention this later, but what if people wanted to, to look it up, what would they have to search on YouTube? Um, if you just look for Arcadia Bay short film, it should pop up let me just see what happens actually if i just do arcadia bay okay i think if you do arcadia bay you'll find it but it's not going to be like the first Mm -hmm. result probably yeah life is strange is the first result (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's called arcadia bay sci-fi short so okay on mine it's the third third one down but okay arcadia bay but who knows it might be different for somebody else it's about half an hour you said yes it okay. is kind of a strange length. Um, that is a thing I have had some issues with trying. Yeah, to- because isn't it so to to qualify as a short film? Doesn't it have to reach a certain number of minutes or things like that? Uh, it really depends who you're asking. Um, <laughs> well, for like for like a film festival or yes. something. For a film festival, it needs to be under. It needs to be thirty for most film festivals oh okay um and i think i made it i'm gonna look if it see if it's any different on youtube yeah it's 29 minutes and 54 seconds (laughs) (laughs) that is the thing i 
really did on purpose. Like I might have sped the credits up a little bit to get it under that. Oh, really? <laughs> Thirty minute mark. Yeah, and that is definitely a thing that I think hurt it trying to mm. send it to film festivals because you know if you're thinking about like making a film festival block like mm-hmm. let's say you have a 90 minute block where you're going to short 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 films like if mm-hmm. you think about that as like oh i'm going to make a awesome mix cd you wouldn't put a 30 minute song on mm. your mix cd yeah yeah <laughs> you know when all these other songs are like three to five minutes it's like cool i could show 10 three minute films or i could show one 30 minute film yeah like regardless of how good or bad that film is it's gonna take up a lot of time Mm. that'd be interesting to try and coordinate as a film festival yeah you know yeah coordinator or whatever their title is i don't know (laughs) yeah awesome and so um what are you what are you doing now uh i know you have you have stuff for work that you're doing now. Um, yeah. We can talk about that. And then you also have another film that you can talk about to whatever yeah. degree you need to. Yeah. So basically after Arcadia Bay, like I went sh- basically straight into another project. One of my um, funders basically from the campaign reached out to me afterwards and he's a producer mm-hmm. uh, with some connections in Hollywood and basically he um, asked me if I wanted to like do this feature film. Um, and so I was stoked and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, so he gave me a script. I wanted to make some changes to it. Um, and I spent basically a, quite a while trying to rewrite that and putting that together. And uh, we did, shoot it and i have edited it um and like basically we're trying to like shop it around right now to Mm, some potential buyers and we'll see if we'll see what happens with that in its current form it's like technically complete i guess is that what you're trying to say but yeah yeah it's it's uh complete now yeah okay but you don't know where it's going in the future. So, yeah, it could. I think we'll probably it. I think it is going to end up somewhere eventually. Um, if if it doesn't get picked up by a distributor, mm-hmm. um, there's still Did, other options, you know, for you to put it out yourself now. Did you what? How How long did you wind up getting it to? Obviously, from you had it for half an hour for arcadia bay or yeah so this is a feature um a full-length movie and this one is uh 80 minutes okay yeah which is like basically like the i mean there is feature films that are less than 80 Mm -hmm. minutes but 80 minutes is kind of like what i would say as like the minimum standard yeah well i mean there there are definitely some really good movies though that are shorter because like i'm trying to think of like uh dunkirk isn't that movie only like 90 minutes or something yeah yeah that's that's about 90 minutes yeah so yeah there's a lot of good i think 90 is like oh yeah that's really Mm -hmm. solid 
eight like 80 is kind of like oh that was that was short that was a short movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have the the like all right that was a short movie versus the uh, i feel like you know they could have maybe you know added in a, like an extra 10 minutes and we would have been yeah. good you know yeah <laughs> uh i think you already talked about it a little bit earlier but so what what all do you get to do for work now because you're in the creative process but are you, like are you making just videos for the company do you get to make youtube stuff still or yeah so i've been working at this digital marketing company um for like two and a half years now and so i it, it's kind of funny how the job has changed over the course of working there because when i first started working there they didn't it didn't seem like they had like anything specifically that they wanted me to do like hmm. they were just kind of like hey look at some of our blogs and uh, see if maybe those could be videos or like let's make some videos for our website uh so i know in the beginning it was a little like weird because i was trying to make up work for myself to do but mm -hmm. um after that we started getting more direction as like our team kept growing. I'm on the marketing team for the marketing company, which is kind of <laughs> confusing. But basically yeah. like, so like what we do as a company is uh, do digital marketing for people. So like Google ads is one mm -hmm. of the big things we do. And th that's basically like when you search on Google and you see those like ads that are above the search results that say ad next to it. That's that's what we uh, basically help customers get those like towards the top, so they can sell more things. Um, I see. And then we also do some stuff with like Facebook ads and search engine optimization. But uh, so like I'm on the marketing team, which is the promotion for the company itself, which is kind of hard to like market the marketing company hmm. because like you're not marketing like a product in this like you know like if you were like selling i don't know some kind of cool i can't think of anything a cup <laughs> a very cool, cool a very cool mug okay. you could do like a really cool video shoot of it of like oh we're gonna light it really cool and then we're gonna like do yeah like a 360 around it we're gonna show slow motion of like coffee pouring into it oh yeah like I'd buy that mug. But, yeah, but with this, it's like there's no like tangible product. It's like a service. But hmm. anyway, so I do all sorts of stuff. I for a while we were doing a lot of uh, stuff on our Instagram. Like sometimes we were doing like almost funny put together videos <laughs> for Instagram. Um, nowadays, I'm a little bit more focused on growing our YouTube channel, especially with like coronavirus and stuff we're trying to like mm -hmm. put out more relevant videos on the youtube channel i did this one just a week or two ago that was actually kind of interesting and cool to put together um basically about like what how these big companies made it through like recessions um hmm. so it's about coke and netflix um and like coke basically made santa claus what he is today of like oh yeah how he looks and stuff um yeah so that was kind of that was kind of interesting and, and it helped their sales a lot like during the great depression because mm -hmm. uh, people really connected with santa claus 
and like kind of the cheerfulness and the joy mm-hmm. that he had during this kind of dark time and stuff. So yeah. Interesting. So you, you had to go and like research all those things yourself. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Which most of the time it's a little bit easier than that, but I have gotten a little bit more into the writing side of it mm-hmm. now, which I, both enjoy and also sometimes don't like (laughs) (laughs) writing is hard when you just like can't come up with anything i gotcha gotcha um anything else you want to say in regards to the stuff you've done uh in the past or yeah so like basically coming this last film i did took up a long 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 time um i did because i did a fair portion of it myself Mm -hmm. um and so uh after editing all that i was a little like i don't know i was a little burned out and um so i didn't do any projects for a little while um and then like last year i kind of decided to ease my way back into like the more creative film video world so Mm -hmm. i decided i was gonna do music some music videos um and so i did three i just finished one i've done three music videos um in this last year um but with this last one i'm kind of like yeah i think i'm good on music videos now (laughs) (laughs) like i don't think that's what i really want to do more of um so i i I would like to get back into making some films now gotcha so to clarify that is that you're doing music videos for other people, right? Not like yes, no, making no. your own I, music. I, I don't have any original music I've been making. No. Okay. Gotcha. Um, that's awesome, all that stuff. So let's I'm just, we're gonna we're gonna broaden broaden the scope a little bit. All right, we got the we got the personal picture. Um yeah. still a little bit the personal picture here, but what let's let's talk about filmmaking in general i guess um for you personally what are your your favorite aspects of the creative process of filmmaking um we'll, we'll go with your we'll go with like your your top three or something like that if 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 that makes any sense yeah uh i have such a hard time picking a top three of anything okay Um, (laughs) it doesn't have to be be in order just Uh, yeah i'll i'll i guess i'll talk about some different things so like editing is definitely something that um i i probably have the most experience with editing out of anything Mm um and editing really is responsible for so much and yet most of the time if it's if it's well done editing, it's kind of invisible. Um, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But I mean, that's honestly like what can make or break somebody's performance in a movie. Like huh. just picking the right take in the right the right moments to create something emotional is is super like I don't know. It's it's interesting and it's kind of like a gut instinct thing a lot of times. Hmm. Um, but like like there's sometimes in film that you will probably be seeing an actor who like 
maybe isn't actually acting in that moment. <laughs> like maybe they grabbed a little moment in between takes or something where they weren't like necessarily like meaning to be doing what they were doing or they were just maybe in huh. character and it was like grabbed from a different moment or something. Um, there's all sorts of interesting stuff like that, that you've like find yourself using of like, wow, yeah, that's the, that's like the right emotion I want to <laughs> convey or like the right reaction I want them to have or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I like editing a lot. Um, editing is like with all like, anything where you have to assemble something big, you will go through phases with it of like where it's fun. And then there's like phases where it's not fun at all. And you really just have to like push through it. Mm -hmm. Like making a first rough cut of something is rough (laughs) because you watch it back and it just like sucks. You're like, (laughs) wow, this is so, this is so unwatchable. And then you just like, cut it down and cut it down and cut it down and like until eventually it starts getting good and like a very important part of that is like taking breaks from it and like showing it to other people Mm. like get their opinion because you you go you start going a little crazy like you start losing a sense of like what it is at all what is i don't know what this is like (laughs) joke like the thing that was really funny like a really funny joke you've like now watched it like 1000 times and you're like mm-hmm. is this funny i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like like i feel like like comedy and like horror or like you're like trying to do a jump scare it's like yeah yeah does this jump scare work i don't know it's <laughs> like i've seen it so many times like it yeah. doesn't get me anymore like I, like I made this up like huh yeah. um so editing definitely um well, actually, hang on a second before you yeah. keep going with that. So editing, uh, that would involve. So you are you are definitely taking, trying to find those best moments of the actors' performances and things like that. Is yeah. that also um, like uh, the audio at all? Is that included in the broad scope of editing, or is that more of an audio engineering position? Uh, I think it depends on what you're like talking the type, about. The type you're talking of editing about, that you you enjoy yeah i do i do enjoy working on like the audio and making it sound good but i also do not claim to be like an audio engineer or anything mm-hmm. because like if i had one of those like i my film could sound like you know that much more amazing if i had somebody who really really knew what they were doing like mixing everything and setting things at the right levels and like mm-hmm. being able to do it in you know 7.1 sound or whatever where you know you got things mixed to like different little speakers like and it, the sound sweeps around you and stuff like that um so yeah i would say it's included when you're like working on like smaller projects or lower budget projects where you're kind of the one person handling all of the post-production but it's definitely an art and like when you get to a more professional level like it would be like so worth it to like pay somebody to do that i got you well i I, see it was funny though because you brought up editing and stuff and i've you know i'm just kind of starting a lot of 
getting to understand how this process works but like so i did i made this one you know short videos like you know eight minutes long or something and i that video like it it was dumb it's stupid it wasn't hard so it was like i i already had it kind of planned out but like i recorded it and then i edited it like all in one day and it was just like i just blazed through it just because it was a lot of fun yeah but then i've had some of these podcasts where i'm basically going through audio and listening to a conversation i had with someone else and you know depending on how like how good you are at recording these podcasts and stuff you you can you can get away with very minimal editing for just audio but still sometimes it's like oh this is taking forever like i have to you know cut this part and then it i don't know it's really we're like if you have like an awkward silence for like five seconds it's like well i gotta edit that and yeah and it, it just kind of adds up over over the process of you know an hour and a half or whatever yeah i feel like what you're doing if you were gonna like compare it more to like the film video world it's almost mm-hmm. like like documentary where it's like very very long mm. takes on like a very long unbroken amount of footage that you have to like yeah sort through no, yeah for sure i can't I don't, I, no like so i don't have the you know like all right we're gonna film this one 10 second clip right and then yeah. we're gonna redo it to get a good take it's right it's a lot of like long take and stuff like that yeah which... like editing is important in like the narrative film world but mm-hmm editing is like everything in the documentary world (laughs) because because there isn't a like a structured script to follow or anything it's like yep we have this uh giant pile of footage now turn that figure out a story out of that (laughs) Uh, yeah it can be a little rough sometimes so i like your advice of the um you know there'll be fun parts and rough bits like you know just hang in there yeah it's really fun when you start looking at all the footage and like picking the best takes and Mm -hmm. then it's it's like kind of fun when you're putting them together but then you're like wow this really like because there's no like going back to sound like there's no sound effects or like yeah anything for you to suspend your disbelief like Mm -hmm. at all like especially if you're not doing like a drama film, if you're doing, you know, something that's like action, sci-fi horror, like all of that stuff, like relies so heavily on music and mm-hmm. sound effects. And so it's just like terrible watching a scene that's like supposed to be suspenseful. And it's just like, can, you know, can there's you nothing imagine, there. Can yeah. you imagine being the, uh, the editor for like a quiet place initially? Like, the first yeah. take of that movie. <laughs> oh man, that would be just like putting together a silent film. <laughs> um, actually, though, I am curious. So, you said uh, a a good, a well edited film, you probably won't even notice like how how well it's edited, just because it it just also seamless. What yeah. can you think of off the top of your head? What's a good film that illustrates like editing done well oh man um well see the problem with this is that the first examples that come to my head are the opposite of like 
<laughs> because there are some films that I was actually potentially going to talk about here that the editing is more apparent, huh. but it's very good. Um, but as far as invisible editing goes, well, you can do either one. We can talk. Yeah. about it. I mean, we could talk about like something that's maybe a little bit more in between of like Dunkirk or something where yeah. the editing is a huge part of that movie. Um, but I don't think you're necessarily like, like it's not like super flashy, like crazy mm-hmm. editing. It, but the way that that film plays with time and with like the structure of it is like super yeah, interesting. Because you have like like you have the three different fronts, right? You have yeah. the you have the what is it the the air, the, the sea, and the land. But then there's yeah. also time, right? Where isn't it? Yeah. It shows like a full day with one and then like an hour or something can you explain that a little bit yeah well um yeah there's like one sequence i can't remember which is which now i think the land is the longest yeah i'm pretty sure uh sea is the second longest and the air is the shortest and Mm -hmm. some of the things are happening simul like simultaneously um but like some of them are like you think they're actually happening like at the same time like that's the, kind of the way the film treats it, mm-hmm. but it's like not actually happening at the same time. Like the ideas are connected. Like, and I can't remember all the examples of that now, but like, but I remember there's like one scene where you think like a plane is going to like come get them or something. And then it's like a plane that was actually shot down earlier hmm. in the film that you saw that moment earlier. And like, it's just like really interesting to like, see these moments happen again or like you see there's like that scene with harry styles i think um or maybe he's not in it the other <laughs> whatever the main guy in that film I think is, it, he's yeah, like getting I think it in, is harry. he's like getting in that rowboat and killian murphy is like helping him into the rowboat but you see okay. that killian murphy is like you've already seen him later in the film where he's hmm. on like he's been like on a sunken boat and yeah it's just like plays with time in this really interesting way Hmm. um so that's a film i mean that's definitely like writing and editing but yeah the way it plays with editing is super interesting yeah well it's it feels like watching that film like the jumps between the different fronts is really seamless yeah but like it's cool because you you do have it just does a good job of keeping all three aspects engaged, even with a different time, you know, yeah. time bits and stuff. Yeah. But I would say like, I think like if I want to point out a bad example, yeah, go editing, um, I don't know if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't. That's the new one just came out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ago, right? yeah. It actually won best editing. And what really? There was some tons of YouTube videos that were basically just pointing out how bad the editing was, huh. and it's just like the editing in that movie is like cutting every like two seconds mm-hmm. to like another another person, another close up, another close like like the it, like the scenes just like have no flow to them, 
Like there's like no chill. Like it's just like, <laughs> okay, cut to this person, cut to this person. Like, it's just like kind of this weird fake energy that they're like huh. trying to insert into the movie. Um, yeah. I so you, you disagree with the, the critics. I do. I, I disagree with the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is interesting though, because I, so I've watched some of like, uh, like quarter crew, um, videos on YouTube, yeah, I love those. which, you know, they got the VFX and the stunt in yeah. both of them. And that is something that I, I think about a lot with the, like the stunts of like the bad edits are super jumpy and like, they're just flashing yeah. all over the place to like create action versus being able to actually center in on like a fight scene and what's actually going on. So, yeah. and like side note, I think if we're going to talk about like a beef with the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. I think like stunt stunts should totally be a, a category. There's like a whole, yeah, like stunt work. That's like totally like a a whole category on it itself. You know, <laughs> what's uh what's what's one of your favorite stunts or movies with stunts? I mean, I love the, um, like, and I guess the whole thing of it is that some of them aren't stuntmen. I love the, like, recent Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, I was... Mission Impossible Fallout, that movie is just, like, Tom Cruise is insane. (laughs) Yeah. He's insane. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think stunts should be an award that they do some crazy things. Yeah. Um, Okay, so going back, so editing... That's, that's one of your top yeah. <laughs> so, what what would you what would you go with what would you go with next um oh this is hard to pick okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say i feel like i have five in my head you know okay. five. <laughs> i mean we could go five we could talk about all five i think but... some of them are kind of tied okay like like tied into each other like writing and directing is can be hard to separate because you have people who are writer directors. Yeah. Which is like kind of where I fall into that. Okay. Category. Well, let's go with that. Then. We're going to say writing yeah. and directing are the same, even yeah. though they're, even, they're, they're not, but yeah. like, but if you're all the writer and the director, then they are kind of, yes. The yeah. same. Okay. So what about that process? Do you enjoy or appreciate? Um, I mean, the the whole process of coming up with the a movie is just like i guess it's really gratifying when you actually like come up with something and you're like oh whoa i wrote that mm-hmm. and like the whole i think i really enjoy the whole problem solving aspect of it um these two things do start to separate but when you're writing that's a huge part of of everything is like all right i'm gonna put my characters in these situations and like how are they gonna resolve how am i gonna mm-hmm. get them out of it and like everybody kind of has different processes for writing i i feel like i have like a really long ways to go on my writing abilities like there's some things i feel like i have stronger um and some things i like have weaker aspects of my writing but so what what is your process i guess when coming up with a with a story do you like do you start with a scenario do you start with like a message in mind or what 
what what for you is writing i guess yeah um i think i'm still figuring out the best way to to think about that like what the best process is but in the past um like this last film i did i don't that's a little bit i'm not really going to count that because (laughs) because there was an existing script and i just kind of took it and yeah yeah, did different things with it but like arcadia bay like that film i think i started with kind of a plot concept and i knew how i like wanted it to end um i think endings are always like really important for me like knowing where it's gonna land um Mm -hmm. then you can kind of reverse engineer it yeah um that's kind of been my process in the past but there are definitely issues with working that way because if you get too caught up in sort of the plot of it um then sometimes your characters just sort of feel like they're devices of the plot yeah (laughs) like you know they're like meant to carry the plot and they're not like making the hard decisions like you know things maybe feel a little too predestined for them that i you know that's kind of I've, I talked about this earlier with Christina, but that's my main my main qualm with the last Star Wars movie is yeah. that I just felt like everybody like was just there to serve the plot, like not totally, yeah. but like it happened a lot. No, I just feel like they really dialed it in. Like I I just feel like I think you can complain, you can make so many complaints with all the other Star Wars movies, but yeah, with this movie, it just felt like all right, we have to put a movie out and like, <laughs> yeah, like it just felt like such a, like, st- like a studio movie, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. A hundred percent. The prequels, like there's just things in the prequels that are so bad, but they're good in a way because they're a unique vision. Yeah. I felt, I felt like there was still a direction. Yeah. Direction behind it, even though. Yes. Like I would so much rather watch something that is like, kind of bad but is like unique mm-hmm. like because it's the vision of one person yeah that's always going to be like i think better than like all right the st- studio wants to make this movie and it's like 50 people's ideas and we're compromising <laughs> like i think it yeah. should be this i think it should be that well okay well let's do this then you know like yeah like that's that's just what the last movie kind of felt like to me mm-hmm. it's been, huge bummer <laughs> i know right? i i was so around this time i asked the the fateful star wars question knowing full well that it could result in a long tangent and it didn't <laughs> so if you're not particularly interested in the last jedi um just skip forward about 11 and a half minutes that'll that'll take you to right around the end of the tangent and then we'll keep going from there with our conversation about filmmaking i left it in there because there is a lot of stuff related still to filmmaking and it was just fun so but i figured i'd give you a fair warning if you're not particularly interested in that movie but yeah let's just keep going okay hold up we gotta we gotta talk about this real quick i already did this with christina so i can't go through it all again but what I got. I gotta know. Why do you like the Last Jedi? What's the, what's the the one minute you know pitch for that movie? Because I don't get it. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like that movie is 
it's just so unique. Like I feel like it's like out of these three films, it was the one film that was like trying to do something different. And like like Ryan Johnson had a unique vision for mm-hmm. Star the Star Wars world. And like this is the film that introduced the idea that Ray could be nobody. Like yeah, that is such a compelling and unique idea that you I don't think you find it in like any other of these like kind of young adult series you know mm-hmm. like harry potter's parents were like these wizarding masters and yeah, like yeah i guess it, like maybe if you're gonna look at lord of the rings or something like frodo is just like nobody but, oh but you but know his, got aragon you know you got like bilbo who you know he went on an yeah that's true and aragon is like you know this king from royal blood yeah. and it's like uh, so like i loved that part of it um and like just like the idea that you know, like anybody could have the force. And then, but he was also like bringing in the unique idea of like, you know, like maybe that's also like anybody could have the force, but like also we all have to like watch out for like the darkness mm-hmm. inside us and like Kylo Ren, like taking control of his like own destiny. Like, yeah, like I get like the annoyance of like Snoke. Yeah. Being, you know, like maybe he was being set up for something, but then like, I don't know, just like seeing kylo take the power and seeing him turn like even darker because of like his hunger for like power and like oh now like he's become the bad guy and it's like his own choice um and just like yeah yeah. sorry keep going and and they took that and they took that nowhere in the last yeah yeah (laughs) well Uh, and that's that's not the fault of that movie yeah. i don't think so yeah um and then like i don't know i thought luke's like story was interesting of like mm-hmm. seeing i really liked like the aspect of like seeing the different perspectives of like what happened and how they each yeah. like, perceived that event um and like I don't know, just like the the final battle with him and Kylo, like the way he like yeah. did that force yeah. projection was like, yeah, just like a really cool way of like him kind of having this non-violent like confrontation with mm-hmm. Kylo that seemed like really like true to like what he believed. Like mm-hmm. it was like a unique solution to that problem. And then I also liked, oh, there was like one other big thing. In the, oh, the whole the whole thing with Kylo and Ray, like their whole connection yeah. and like using like a very like simple technique, not like a really like sci-fi technique of just like film grammar of like, we're going to frame this person on the left side of the screen. And then we're going to frame this person on the right side of the scene. And they're mm-hmm. in completely different places, but we're going to like put them together as if they're having a conversation like yeah like a really simple idea that was like really well executed and it just like worked really well i so i i this is definitely the movie i have the most mixed feelings about and i think it's because the bad parts in it i just hate so much like i i just can't get over them and it's sad because i really do like i appreciate a lot of the things in that film yeah and i think initially like the thing with luke i didn't like because and i think a lot of people didn't like initially it was like oh that's that's not luke but then like the more you think about it you're like 
okay it is luke still he's just he's different yeah. you know yeah i like that it played with people's expectations and yeah that was a huge i think that's part of what ryan johnson does so well is that there's just so much like theorizing of like oh what's gonna happen mm-hmm. you know in this film and like you know he didn't like i just like that he had a unique vision like vision and he wasn't like doing fan service you know yeah like that's what the like sort of like what force awakens and i don't know what you would call what the last film was doing <laughs> <laughs> kind of fan service but kind of like i uh, don't know why you good. um <laughs> Like, 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 right off the bat with Luke just like taking the lightsaber and like, yeah, yeah that was tossing it away. He like right off the bat, you're like, oh, okay, this is not gonna go the way <laughs> I thought it was gonna go. Um, I think like, what are like, what are your biggest complaints with that film? I don't like uh, some of the decisions made and by characters in the film felt mm-hmm. unbelievable to me. Um, okay. So the whole thing with, uh, I need to get straight. So Poe, Poe's the pilot guy, right? So yeah. he, he attacks the rebel or he attacks the, the big fleet. Cause he thinks they can get a good win off of it. Yeah. Um, and like, I support, I kind of support that like decision because it's like okay, it's showing that he's, you know, it's a stupid idea, but he's he's kind of got that fire in him, right? But then the whole thing where he like the what is it the the purple haired lady she like takes over, yeah. and yeah. then she like refuses to explain what's going on, where yeah. I get where she's in command and stuff. But like, it didn't seem like it was a big enough secret where, you know, like their ship isn't bugged or something like they're not going to find out their plan or something like why, why keep people in suspense and when you can like prevent them from doing something stupid, like, Mm -hmm. and then the whole, I like how the, was it, uh, Finn and Rose, I like how their, their side mission kind of failed. Yeah, I like that because it it was like unique, but I just thought it was kind of dumb in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it it didn't really like oh we need a we need a, a hacker for this or something. Like it it seemed a little bit a little bit amiss to me. Yeah, I would agree. Like I would agree that the Finn and the Rose part is like definitely the weakest mm-hmm. part of the film. Like that's something at least favorite part of the film i think to me i i think i like see that like the unique things with that are probably them finding the hacker guy because that's just like more playing with your expectations of like oh this guy's gonna be like a han solo yeah type character and then he actually like betrays them which yeah. like i think is like an interesting thing of like no he's like just like a bad guy and you guys like always expect these people to like <laughs> be good in these movies yeah. um and I think like that's the same thing with Poe, like, which I I think I do like that story with him and with like the commander. Like I I get your point of like why does she have to keep this a secret, but like on the other hand, like why does like Poe have to like know? Like why can't he? That is true. Take orders. Like I think it's kind of almost like a commentary on like these 
you know, kind of like really alpha bro-y guys in movies of like well oh i'm the action hero and like <laughs> i like i know the best and like i'm yeah. the hot shot and i'm like i don't have to listen to you and mm. like my plan always works and like it's kind of interesting to have this like different character who's like this calm like woman who's like really smart and has like it all together and it's like like you should like sometimes also like listen to people on your team and like <laughs> like not just like i don't know like that's another thing where you know like it's just playing with expectation i think well and you know what it honestly could be because i like the fact that it's playing with my expectations i think that's yeah unique. i think that's good it might honestly just be that i'm literally mad at the characters for being stupid sometimes like yeah why can't you just listen to orders or why did you why rose why did you like go save finn he was gonna save the day you know like yeah things like that where maybe well, i don't know actually gonna, i don't know if finn was gonna save the day but that he, that he part did gonna, that yeah. part did feel a little unbelievable to me like oh no like i can come out of him <laughs> at him at yeah. this exact right angle and i will yeah. stop him doing this and not kill us both like that's yeah. a little like yeah okay. yeah so <laughs> like like i said i I don't know. I see. I get what you're saying, and it makes me like, oh, maybe I should just watch it again and find out. Yeah. But like, I won't say it's like perfect. Yeah. Like, but I still think it's like very, very. The good, good things they they did really well. I think in yeah. that movie, and the only real reason I like the new trilogy is ultimately because of Ray and Kylo. But yeah yeah although i do i do like i like luke's character actually yeah i think he he out of all of the old old characters i think he had the most um yeah uniqueness I guess it's, interesting, it's interesting because like i had seen something about like colin trevorrow's like original script mm-hmm there were some things that were different but it still seemed really bad <laughs> and I, I thought maybe there was going to be some things like oh well it got, all got messed up because like carrie fisher died but it yeah didn't, didn't really seem like that was what yeah happened. it did seem like she was going to have a big role in that movie anyway like, yeah yeah which i could be wrong and i'd, I'd seen different I'd, I'd didn't actually see i heard rumors like Oh, the J.J. Abrams had a different ending, and then Disney didn't like it or something. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know if any of that was ever substantiated. But even even if it was, it was like Palpatine. Like, <laughs> yeah, Palpatine's still there. Like, yeah. it, you know, yeah. finishing writing and directing. Yes. Do you wanna? keep going with that i guess wherever i don't even know where we left uh, i think we were just like talking about like process i don't <laughs> i don't know where it landed on star oh no what it was it was i was talking about characters being a device of just like the. Plot. oh yeah yeah that's yeah. that's where the bunny trail so that's is. that's something you have to watch out for and i think so i think i want to like maybe step back from that a little bit and i don't think i've honestly thought like enough about like theme and like like message when i like go into a movie and i don't think 
I don't think movies have to have a super obvious like theme or message, but you like kind of, even if you don't know it, you kind of subconsciously know it. Like Hmm. if I'm like, what is the theme of, you know, like finding Nemo? Yeah. Like I, like I couldn't really tell you off the top of my head, but you like know what the movie is like about, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like about a father and a son and like the father, like learning to let go and Hmm. like, like like stuff along those lines that really like ground the film and all of like the character choices like it's 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 hard to like come up with that and like how you're gonna perfectly build your world around like that theme and that message and like make it hard for your like characters um yeah so what for me so i i haven't done a lot of this i've done a little bit of video um little bit of audio like yeah. drama type stuff and i've i've written quite a few um uh like just stories over the years um yeah. and i don't know for me it's weird like when i was younger i think i would um i would just kind of write for the sake of writing and like the themes would sort of incorporate themselves into it but now now it's kind of weird where like i feel like i have to have a point going in before i can start the project which i don't know if that's the best way of a way of like a writing process because for me i'm like yes i need this to be good i need it to be artistic i need to be able to communicate my story well to my audience but i also like how I communicate is is ultimately like the most important part of telling the story because if you can't communicate it well, then your message yeah. is lost anyway. But like at the same time, I feel like I have to have a message in before I begin because then I have something that like I'm committed to doing this work because I want to get this message out there kind of yeah so, so i don't know i th- maybe that's unique for me versus like what you do in the writing process but yeah no i think i think there like there's definitely validity to what you're like saying there i think if i was gonna like take a stab at something i would probably in an ideal world i would say like you just write you have an idea you're excited about and you like write the first draft of it mm-hmm. and then you kind of figure it out from there <laughs> Of like I think I think a theme and a message can be sort of retrofitted in a way because yeah. like what makes good writing good is like mostly editing, you know? It's the same thing with like making a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like just go into your first draft accepting that it's gonna be terrible. And like if yeah. you do that, you can, <laughs> yeah, like you can have like so much more fun with it and just like blaze through it because you're like yeah yeah whatever blah 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 like yeah, yeah. like and, and you can just like write crazy stuff and like you know you're gonna throw away like a huge portion of it but like it will get you give you a starting point hmm. and like that is like something that's like definitely hard for me <laughs> yeah it's like i don't not i do not do as much writing as i want to do because like i have to get over that and hmm. Like, I wish somebody told me that that's how you should write papers in high school or college. 
Like for I feel like that message oh, never, yeah. never got across to me of like, oh, like when I was writing a paper, like I would basically like, like your first draft. Do one draft. That was my paper. Like, and then I would draft. write it super, super, super slowly because I was like, every sentence has to be like, yep, like so concise and like no filler and yeah, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> I, I've. I've caught on a little bit to that where it's like, I really don't want to work on this assignment or whatever, but I know if I just, you basically just spill my brain out for half an hour, I'll have something on paper and then I can go back and like make it good. Yeah. So what about, what about directing? How's that different from writing, I guess? So like writing you, you know, you can be, be as idealistic as you want. Uh, <laughs> directing, yeah. directing is like making the thing become real and so you okay. have to like make like a million like decisions about like how do i take this like thing that's written and turn it into a script and like even if you didn't write the script there's like so many like unsaid choices in the script that you have to make as a director of like hmm. all right how are we going to transition these scenes into one another like most of the time when you're like writing a script, like, I mean, if you're a writer director, it's a little different, but like, if you're like taking an existing script, like it's not like a book where you're like seeing every, like every facial expression is written down and like every intent is there and you're like inside a character's head. Like it all has to be said without saying it. Like it's like subtext, you know? Um, Hmm. So there's just like so many decisions of like, what is this? What is the mood of this scene of like the lighting and like, you know, basically like making it a movie and not making it a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually I'm curious cause I don't know for myself cause there are a lot of writer directors, but how often is it where the director is given a script and it has like, no contact with the actual author of the script right where it's basically you do what you want with this versus the two are like working together to um to to make something unique i mean i would say there's probably like a lot of cases where maybe the director has like had a conversation with the writer but it's not typical that like in hollywood that like the writer would be on the set yeah because that's like a weird conflict of interest of like okay now this is the director's movie you know like yeah like the writer can't be like making little points and like contradicting the director because yeah yeah. it has to be the director's vision and like nothing's gonna get done and everyone you can't be like second guessing the director because there's just so much work to do and so many choices to be made Mm -hmm. is there so you like I'm with the car art. Ugh, I can't talk. So like with Arcadia Bay, yeah. Um, you spend all that time writing it, but then you're also like the director of it, right? So is is that was it as hard to transition from your script that you wrote to actually like making a shot, or like how did that process go? So the writing process of that as like a quick little side thing was kind of unique and weird because I did have a script written and then I cast one of my actors, Philip, um, who played the role of Thomas. Um, 
and he was actually a writer like he had a writing background okay and we like he actually had like a couple like little script things and like suggestions and so we actually like sat down and went through some things and like made some changes to the script um and like we actually made some it's kind of insane we made some changes on set like as well like in like after the first or second day of shooting we're like wait what if the world is a little bit more like this and so that was that like i think in the end it actually worked out for the good um like there were some things that were lost that i was excited about but i ultimately do think the climax was better because of the new ideas so like the original idea for the film was that they were not not in this like um like the the world in the film is sort of uh what is the word i'm looking for dystopian um (laughs) but in the original script it was a little bit more post-apocalyptic um and like basically like hardly like very less populated world basically and so like Originally, it was like that his friend was like already dead and that he was like going to wake up alone. Hmm. And like this person he was talking to in the simulation was just like a like a copy of the consciousness of his friend. Um, Yeah. And like the climax of it was going to be a little bit different of like the other character sort of sacrificing his life for him. But I don't know. I think the way it ended up, it was actually a lot cleaner and like there's kind of this like interesting thing where like one character had to like forgive the other character and stuff. So I like, I like, I think I liked how it actually ended more, but I don't know. There was like, I think there was some more twist elements to the like original script that I enjoyed, but that, uh, I don't think I answered your question. (laughs) of like writing writing to directing. Um, like there's things in that film that were like very specifically storyboarded out. Like, um, the first example that comes to my mind is like the transition. I don't know if you remember, but like there's the scene where he like starts the film and he's like overlooking Arcadia Bay. And then he kind of does this, like he starts having having these weird visions and then he like falls down and it does this weird like glitch transition from like where he is at the top of this place to him falling into the sand on a beach yeah i i very vaguely remember this yeah yeah so that was like like kind of a creative like transition that had i think i did write it into there but like you have to figure out like how you're actually going to do it (laughs) and most of the times i won't i won't like write it in there unless i feel like i can pull it off because i know i'm going to be the one editing it yeah Um, but like choices like that and then also like of course like a big part of directing is like actually directing actors and like uh you know like how like what is like kind of your motivation in the scene and like what are you trying to accomplish and you know just giving like feedback on takes and stuff hmm. um and like it it's interesting it's an interesting part i think of working with like lower budget films if you can't really like pay the actors a lot of times you won't attract (laughs) as good of actors i mean auditions is like a huge part of it like casting 
I, there's like some famous quote about this of like casting is a huge portion of directing of like yeah like if you're working with hollywood level actors like it's not so much that you're gonna have to give them like direction because oh that take wasn't believable it's (laughs) more like no i want you to do it like in a different like you have a different attitude about this or a different reaction like and and like thankfully like i've been like happy with you know almost all the actors i've worked with but yeah like it's it is just like a different a whole different thing like the casting process is definitely like really really important when you're working on like a low budget thing or you have to like approach it in a way where it can work with people who aren't that experienced with acting yeah as a director um do you do you personally get to pick kind of like like i'm talking like hollywood film like do you literally go to get go to cast like i want this person in my film i want that person in my film and obviously you know we have people accept it or turn it down or whatever but what what's kind of that process in like more higher budget things um i think it can depend like i think it can be different like i think traditionally like there will be like a casting agent for you know for the film of like all right we're casting for these people and then like that person will probably call the agents of like these you know high actors and then that eight you know that agent will then talk to their their client the actor and be like Mm -hmm. oh are you interested in this film and they're like yeah and then you know they're all they will audition but then i also know that like there's times where it's just like an actor will approach a director and be like, I really want to be in one of your films. (laughs) And then the director will cast them or it's the other way around of like the director is like, Oh, I, you know, I wrote this story or I like saw the script and I really see this actor being that person. And then they'll, you know, have them audition or the person will just say yes. Um, It's hard to say, you know, like how often each of those things happens, but the reason I, I bring this up is because, you know, me and my, my fanboy is um, Christopher Nolan, who's, you know, an amazing writer, director. Yeah. And I, I love his film so much, but the, the thing about it is like, he always casts like a lot of the same actors in his yeah. movies. Yeah. That's a definitely another thing too, is like, you know, you just develop a working relationship with, an actor and you mm-hmm. like working with them and, and so then it's just like yeah i want you to be in another one of my films um yeah. and it does it does sort of give like there's there's the word auteur i don't know if you've heard of that but it's like it's i don't know it's kind of a real thing kind of maybe a little overblown but like it's like a director who's like a very specific style basically and mm. like that's definitely a thing that like adds to a person's like style of like that you could make a parody of one of their films basically because it's like oh they always like cast this person or they always like yeah. shoot their scenes in this way the cinematography looks like this this is the kind of music they use stuff yeah like because I, i'm thinking off the top of my head like right so things that would make nolan unique would be uh probably like the big cinematic scores like the big like uh scenic shots and things like that and then like actors like michael kane has been in i think 
pretty much every film he's done. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Killian Murphy earlier. He's he's been in most of them. Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, and like Hans Zimmer like always does the music. Um, oh, maybe maybe that's why. Yeah. He he always I mean, this is actually a lot more common, but like he pretty much always works with the same cinematographer. Um you know, if you're just going to look like script wise, of course, all of his scripts kind of have like interesting elements of time. Yeah. And yep. playing with the structure. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. I, I, watched, <laughs> I watched Inception the other day and I was like, yeah. man, this movie is so good. I watched, you know, the one I haven't seen in a long time is uh, Interstellar, which. I remember at when I first watched it, it was several years ago and I wasn't as big of a fan of it. So now I kind of yeah, that one that one it. is I haven't watched it in a while either, but that that is probably the like most recent one of his that I'm like kind of disappointed. Like not yeah. disappointed, but like it's just not my favorite. It's kind of actually I have a weird relationship with that movie because like he there's like so many things in that film where I feel like it's some of his best work. Yeah. And then but then there's like so many things overall that like it just like eh don't love <laughs> yeah i love like the the uh there's some really awesome things like the when they're when they're on that one planet and there's like the giant wall of water or whatever yeah. there's the the whole thing where like they um if they go down to the planet, like they're going to age different than the people. Yeah. And then the, even just recently, like we brought this up, but like there's a, uh, that poem, the like, do not go gentle into that yeah. good night or whatever. Like that was cool that it's a reference to another work of art, even within a film. Like, Oh, it's just really cool. I yeah. think my favorite Oh man, I don't know. I like them all. Dunkirk's good. Inception's really good. I think the Prestige is the most interesting one to watch for me. Yeah, um, Prestige is like one of my favorite movies. Just, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't watched it. It's strange. I haven't watched it in like probably two or three years now. I don't know why though. Like, I think I'm almost scared to watch it because I've been saying like, it's one of my favorite movies for so yeah, long. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's so good. Like, for one, just amazing actors in that movie, but then just such a good, like, story elements and just everything yeah. about it. I just, like that, the, the structure of that film is just, like, so incredible, the way he's going back and forth and yeah. everything. And, oh. and, I didn't even, and, and he does the twist in such a way that it's so rewatchable still. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the the cool cool things. I never feel, or at least not really strongly. Like I never because there's all these twists and stuff, but I never feel like I'm gypped as the audience. Like as far as like, oh well, that was stupid. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. Or or like, oh, I should have seen that coming. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. All the mo like all the character motivations and everything are just like makes sense. Like yeah, yeah um so i mean we've already talked about a whole bunch of different movies i guess about the is there any other like movie that you really love because of the direction or the writing yeah so 
I <laughs> looking at your questions ahead of time. I know you were like wanting me to give like an example that like kind of did all three of these things, but yeah. Um, so like one film I was going to bring up that I felt like, um, this is a whole nother rabbit hole. I don't know if you've ever watched any of Edgar Wright's movies. Uh, you'd have to name them. I know his name. So he did, he's the guy who did like Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz. And, um, also did Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. Um, Yeah. And he did most recently he did baby driver um yeah which that one feel like there's similarities to the other ones but that one's not as much of a like comedy okay Uh, so is he the the writer or the director of these he's both he's He's a writer okay um but i feel like he's somebody who like this is a this is an area where like writing directing cinematography and sound and music like all just play such a huge part in his films and like especially like the intersection of like the cinematography and the editing because the transitions in his movies are just like so good um like and he's really like funny too um like like it's it's almost like his films are like parodies of these genres like hot fuzz is kind of like this buddy cop yeah movie parody and like Shaun of the dead is like a zombie movie parody but they're like not just like a straight up like parody in the way that like whatever like these terrible yeah not like not like a stupid b movie yeah yeah it's not like actually parodying any specific movie like they have their own stories that are these really like funny good stories um but he like, I I just watched this essay, so I'm like stealing all these things. From <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, but like, he does like visual comedy so so well, and it's like a thing that's kind of like lost in American comedy, I guess. Like, where it's gone backwards of like, you know, when we like the very first movies were like slapstick. Yeah comedy movies and it it's like silent films and right yeah they're 100 100 visual gags and like most i would say most like modern comedy movies now are like mostly just like dialogue and joke you know like a lot of one-liners and things yeah yeah it's like all right we're just gonna like kind of turn the camera on and like shoot these scenes um Mm. and like his movies like are actually like movies you know like they like are these kind of like action comedy hilarious movies like it's it's like hard to explain all this without like like actually you having seen it probably but i would say like go watch like Shaun of the dead and like just the way he does things are so funny like he'll do like match cut transitions of like you know you show like one object and then he'll Mm -hmm. connect it to another object into the next scene um like the way like they're like there's this one scene where like the character is basically like they want to show that they're foreshadowing like what's happening in the world like on the news without the character noticing and the mm-hmm. way they do that is like him just changing the channels and all the channels oh, are like, eating okay. into each other and it's saying like something really hilarious <laughs> like um okay yeah i huh. just like his movies are like you would have to have written it 
and direct it in such a specific way in order to be able to edit it that the way it's edited because it has so many like it does have lots of fast cuts but yeah. it's not like bohemian rhapsody where it's like people are just having a boring dialogue scene and you're trying to make it more interesting by cutting every one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing here it's like each shot is like you know like a super punching zoom and like whip pan yeah. over to here yeah, 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 whip yeah. pan into this other scene or like there's like this hilarious scene where they're like trying to figure out their their plan of like where they're gonna go to hunker down for this zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and they're and they like discuss the plan like three or four different times and they're like oh no we can't do that and so they like start over every time but you know it's like oh, a little okay. different every time of like that they summarize it of like yeah, yeah we'll do this and then like but their reactions are changing in the scenes like they're getting like bored of it and like, you know like, so, like it's stuff like that so is it, it like kind of a really rewarding thing to watch as an audience so with that scene in particular if i'm understanding you right it's like they run through the scene right with this yeah. dialogue for this is the plan and then yeah. and they and they're showing all what happens. that yeah. being acted out and, and then, then like you run through it all again but it's different this time is that well, yeah, they like they what? they kind yeah they kind of they'll start in the same spot and then it'll like veer off in a different way of like oh okay well, we have to do this first and then like well then we'll go there and then we'll like <laughs> okay do this or that and so then, it's kind of like a fun thing to watch as the audience because yeah. you get to go back and be like oh this is what's yeah. different this no and it gets funnier every time because it's not just sometimes the actions are the same but their reactions are like different like the first time maybe it was kind of long and dramatic and then it gets quicker and faster each time of like you know like they kill this zombie they're like oh, i'm so sorry bill like it's somebody they knew and then the next time like, sorry bill and then they like whack them <laughs> you know? stuff like that huh yeah no i gotta go i gotta go watch some of these now i like yeah. i said i heard of him and like i remember like i've I've seen like Baby Driver or whatever, like the I've seen like the the box cover or whatever. And yeah. I I remember you watching um, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I got to go through and watch some of these. Yeah, I would definitely watch like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Those are like super fun. And it's the same it's, like two main guys in both. Like okay. all, there's like a trilogy they call the Cornetto trilogy because they're eating like this Cornetto ice cream in each of the movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like they're all like kind of films with these two guys in them. And they're both, they're all really funny, but I, I would say especially Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Okay. Awesome. Kurt here once again. And yes, do not worry. This is the last time I will interrupt the conversation. Um, I just wanted to say that I actually did go back and watch quite a few Edgar Wright films. Um, so I watched Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and Baby Driver. So first of all, the the scene I was picturing in my own head that Josh was trying to describe with the different characters reworking the plan in their head, yeah, yeah I was not I was not tracking with what it what he was actually describing is in the film. Although it is still it is still quite funny. And yeah, definitely Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz uh, both have a lot of visual comedy that you kind of have to be. Uh, literally watching out for um and so it was really fun to watch i actually of the all the movies though i really do love baby driver it's a super unique um kind of 
action film, but there's a lot to do with sound in that film. And so there's just some really artistic decisions made in that movie that make it like not just another ordinary, you know, high octane, fast and furious type movie. Like it's, it's got some, it's got a lot of heart and it is a very intriguing plot. Although I also give you fair warning. Um, all of those movies are rated R and they do have a lot of language in them, but I, I would for sure recommend Baby Driver. And then personally, I liked Hot Fuzz more than Shaun of the Dead, but anywho, just thought I'd pop that in there. And, uh, like I said, no more interrupting. The podcast continues in part two. 